You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. One last thing. Whoever you are out there that voted before us, thank you. Thank you so much. I want to say I appreciate you. Because that just means that I got a lot more work to do. And we coming back. We coming back, baby. We gonna do this shit again. It's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 on Unnecessary Roughness. There's the voice of Asia Wilson right there talking about the MVP voting. And whoever voted her fourth, thank you for the motivation as they're coming back next year. The defending back-to-back champs in the WNBA. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And as you heard, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports joins us now on the phone lines. And Paloma, before we get into the Aces and Asia Wilson and UNLV, is there a, a, a holiday or a day, like we were just talking about Halloween, is there one of those days of the year that you're a big fan of, like that's your favorite one? <laughs> you're asking a sports reporter about their favorite holiday. <laughs> right. That part. Exactly. Because, you know, we work every holiday. But, exactly. Um, I, I don't know. Football season is busy with, with Thanksgiving and Halloween and Christmas and stuff. But um, that's a good question. Favorite holiday. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have I any. Halloween, <laughs> I guess. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, there you go. See, I'm not alone there. I'm not alone. She doesn't yeah. have one that she could think of either because, well, we're always working, and that's just kind of yeah. what you do. <laughs> well, part of work is the Aces, and they just celebrated their back-to-back championship. Fox 5 had it covered like a glove from yeah. in-studio yeah. to the streets at Toshiba Plaza. You guys were all over it. How was it to yeah. just, you know, recognize and celebrate the Aces back-to-back champions? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, you know, we are getting used to these championship raids happening every six months here in Vegas. The Golden Knights are off to a 7-0 start. Yeah. UNLV 6-1 and rolling uh, uh, on a five-game win streak. So, man, I mean, this is, this is maybe the biggest year ever here in Las Vegas when it comes to um, everything here in Vegas, when it comes to the sports and entertainment and you know everything that is coming into town with formula one and the super bowl um but so so awesome we were on air for four straight hours nice uh, on fox five it was so cool to uh see the entire city come out on a monday night and support the back-to-back champs and honestly q my favorite part of these parades is getting to see what the players wear um, you know, getting to see what the Golden Knights wear, getting to see what the Aces wear. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, we were live the entire time, so we were catching every single second of, of the parade. Um, and it was so much fun. I mean, it was just an incredible tough year for the Aces, too, getting hit with, you know, so much adversity with, you know, Becky Hammond being suspended, uh, the franchise being sued, you know, injuries left and right. Everyone doubted them. Asia Wilson voted fourth place in the MVP racing. I mean, you know, you threw everything at this team, and they were still able to come out on top. So shows you how resilient women are, Q. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. And then we find out after the finals are over and after they, they hoist the championship about Asia Wilson and her thumb. I mean, she's got the cast on yeah. her arm right now, so she's basically yeah. been playing since the All-Star break with a bad thumb, and that just kind of shows you yeah. her resiliency because she never once let it be known that she was injured. No, this entire team was was plagued with injuries. You know, they they lost Chelsea Gray. They lost Kia Stokes. Um, Kelsey Plum had a pinky. You know, Asia Wilson was dealing with a thumb. 
Um, but they were going to do whatever it takes, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, New York was a tough place to play. I mean, that, right. that Barclays Center was rocking. Uh, they were 0-3 in New York this season before their Game 4 win. Um, you know, so in my opinion, it, it almost felt like the whole world was like, can they do it? Are they going to do it? Nah, they're it's, they're over. It's over. You know, Chelsea Gray, Kia Stokes out. Right. You know, it's over. Um, and honestly, Q, that first quarter, it did look a little shaky when they got they got that game started. Um, yep. They were down ten points early. Um, you know, it was it was like a little. It was not a little. It was definitely a nail biter in New York uh, for Game Four of the WNBA Finals. But um, you know, to see the Aces land on top and win by one point and have another championship parade. Um, man, there was so much to celebrate on Monday. Yeah, no, there was. How much do you think that this this rivalry, and I want to say it's a rivalry now because, look, the Liberty were built to beat the Aces and they fell short. How much do you think that that's good for the WNBA, having these two teams that are really good going to square up with each other each and every year? I mean, it was great to see that the Aces and the Liberty were at the top of sports headlines, you know, every single day during the finals. I mean, you know, whether you're a WNBA fan or not, you still saw Asia Wilson's face. You know, you still saw the Liberty somewhere on ESPN, on, on you know, Twitter, whatever you're, you know, you get your news. Um, but I think that's great. I mean, it's, 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 they're the best athletes in the world. You know, right. they're Olympic gold medalists. Um, and they live here in Las Vegas. So um, this rivalry is definitely going to carry over into next year. You know, there was a lot of trash talking between both teams. Um, even after the finals, you know, it was, it was, Still pretty hot. A lot of tension between yeah. the Liberty and the Aces. But I think I said, Q, that all season long, I was like, these two teams, they don't like each other. I could just tell yep. during the All-Star, throughout the season. Um, I was like, you know, these two teams, uh, the, the Commissioner's Cup. Um, but it's good. I mean, it's good for the league. It's, it's great for, for the game. And we love rivalries. And we love Cannon Week. And we love, you know, the Raiders-Chiefs games. You know, that's, right. those are the games we live for. Those are the games we pay high tickets for. Um, so, no, it was, it was definitely a huge year in the WNBA as far as viewership, as far as numbers, as far as, you know, statistically with the players, like the Aces, you know, breaking a ton of records, uh, surpassing Becky Hammond this year. Um, so overall, just a huge, huge year for the WNBA, and you know Vegas was at at the center of it. So yeah, super it, exciting it, for the future. It really was. You mentioned Becky Hammond, and she obviously was a great hire when Mark Davis got her. Uh, she's now led the Aces to back to back championships. What is it about Coach though? How does she push the right buttons and get the most out of each and every young lady on that team? I think I've mentioned this before. You know, she's so competitive. So dang competitive, and that's what I really respect about her, um, her competitive spirit. You know, she would go out there and play with them, you know, if they needed a player. Like in <laughs> game four, who knows? We could have seen Becky Hammond lace it up. Um, but she's a strong competitor. Her basketball IQ, uh, she played the game for so long. She she went up against the best of the best in the WNBA, and, you know, her experience with Popovich – um, you know, that can only help her, you know, in the WNBA. And, you know, she, she came into the WNBA and has dominated since day one, um, has completely dominated the WNBA. And I, I think I've mentioned it on your show, Coach, on your show queue, is that, you know, not only is she the best coach in the WNBA, I think she might be the best coach, you know, up there ever to right. coach uh, basketball and, and to be one of the best coaches out there. I mean, she's already a Hall of Famer. 
Um, but she, I mean, Candace Parker said it at, at the parade, you know, she's the best coach to ever coach the game. Um, and I, I, I have to agree too. what we're seeing statistically with her team, um, the history the Aces made this year, the domination they put up in the regular season, their grit in the finals. Um, it comes down to your leader. Look, look at what's happening over with UNLV and, and right. their leader, Barry Odom. It starts at the top. It starts with the head coach, how he sets the tone for that program, how his coaching staff, how her coaching staff is going to follow. Um, and, you know, your players will lead by example of, of how your coach is leading. So, um, you know, I'm seeing that firsthand at UNLV and with the Aces. I, I, I got to ask you, when it comes to Becky Hammond, have you seen that video floating around Twitter of her doing the hammer dance? <laughs> you know, she was crazy at the parade, but she had to be. You know, she had to be. Um, I have not seen her dancing video. Okay. But, um, I, I, I got to send it to you. It's it's great. It looks like – and it's I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to send it to you so you can judge it for yourself. Yeah. It looks like it's her when she was in San Antonio, and she's full on okay. – MC Hammer, like it's 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 oh, awesome, man. and so people are tweeting at it, uh, like at Sydney Colson and Kelsey and oh, Asia, man. and it's like, oh my gosh, and tweeting at Becky, like, oh my gosh, you got to get her, but she is in a you know like a a, a bright chrome like type <laughs> outfit with the parachute pants. I mean, she's yeah. she's getting it, so I'm gonna have to send that to you uh, after we're done here. You could judge for yourself, but it's awesome. <laughs> it, it really is funny. She was showing off her, uh, she was showing off her dance moves in New York. When they were mm-hmm. taking pictures with the trophy, yeah, I mean she was she was hitting it. So um, no, Becky Hammond, you know, one of the greatest people to ever coach the game, and you know, also just a really really nice, humble person. Um, she's intimidating though, Q man. She oh, I know, intimidating. She's got like that Nick Saban era like vibe to her. She's intimidating for sure. Um, just because you respect you respect her so much, you know, you respect you know everything she's done. So. Um, no, Vegas has one of the best coaches in the world right here with the Aces. No doubt. Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on the Say Roughness. You mentioned Coach Odom and UNLV and what they've been mm-hmm. able to do. Six and one. They're bowl eligible. This is the first year he's been the head coach of the Rebels. How big of an accomplishment is that for him? Yeah, Q. Gosh, I mean, I could spend hours on your show talking about UNLV football and the transformation that I have seen in the past couple weeks. Um, and the fact that, you know, they're only getting better. They're only getting healthier. You know, they're only getting stronger on both sides. Um, what I mentioned to Barry Odom on, on the Reb Zone was how together his team is. And I remember, Q, he said the game starts on the offense. Uh, the game starts on the line of scrimmage, making yeah. sure that the defensive line and the offensive line are on the same page, playing together. And that's where you'll have success is when you can take care of the line of scrimmage. And he repeated that over and over and over again in the beginning of the football season, taking care of the line of scrimmage. And I was at practice yesterday, Q, and I was like, man, it's just incredible to see the defensive line so together, the offensive line, five guys up front just moving in the same motion. I mean, they look like they're dancing. They look like they're dancing. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible to see because a year ago, Q, this team did not look like that at right. all. I mean, right. it was it was bad on both sides of the ball last year and, and, and you know, for the past couple of years. Um, you know, it's been hard for UNLV fans in this city. But Barry Odom said preseason, you know, you, uh, he said that UNLV and Las Vegas 
can be a college football town, and he has made it a college football town. I mean, it's been really, really exciting to see this whole city uh, rally around UNLV. And, you know, there's so much alumni that live here in Las Vegas, and, you know, I'm constantly getting texts and DMs and everything of, you know, Rebel fans just being like, man, we've waited so long for this. Mm -hmm. So um, they're having a historic season, putting up historic stats that haven't happened since like 1984 and 1976. And, you know, they're, they're trying to win a Mountain West championship for the first time since 1994. Um, So, man, I mean, it's just, it's been an awesome year. And, you know, to see this team only get better, um, has been eye-opening, but they have a tough test this Saturday on the road yeah. in Fresno. Fresno State, they're 6-1. and one. Uh, They're rolling. They're coming off a bye. They'll be fully ready to go. So um, this Saturday will be a really big test for them. Yeah, that's exactly where I wanted to go next is Fresno State. That's going to be tough. You mentioned they want to win the Mountain West Conference. Well, so does Fresno State. As you mentioned, they're both 6-1. Yeah. and one. Uh, It's on the road. It's at Bulldog Stadium. That could be a loud place, a, a tough, hostile environment. Uh, what are you looking for? Kind of what's, what's the key to this game for the Rebels? Like, How are they going to go into Fresno and get this victory? Yeah, I think, it, I think it comes down to the defensive side of the ball for UNLV, which I don't think we've seen play to their full potential yet. You know, mm-hmm. I think every week – their defense has struggled just a little bit, um, especially in the red zone. But in the Colorado State game, they had some big third-down stops, and I think they'll only, they'll only build off of that. Um, they have been a little bit banged up in the secondary. Hopefully they can get guys healthy and, and back. And um, their DBs kind of struggled on the road in Reno, um, leaving a couple guys open in the end zone a few times. So they got to clean that up in the secondary come out strong, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, all got to play lights out because Fresno State has been rolling. They have a really explosive offense. Um, and they're 6-1. and one. You know, they're, they're doing right. a good job, too. So um, it comes down to UNLV's defense, stopping the Bulldogs at home in a hostile environment. 7.30 p.m. kickoff, too, so it'll be late under the lights, which Barry Odom's really excited for. How how much I don't want to say pressure, but how how much of a learning experience is this going to be for the freshman quarterback uh, Jaden Maeva, who's obviously done a heck of a job and yeah. really taken over for Brunfield? But I mean, this is again a hostile environment on the road with a really good team. Uh, this will be a big test for him, won't it? Yeah, Jaden has looked really good in practice. I mean, he looks really confident, um, really poised, really really uh, making smart decisions this year. Um, you know, anytime he snaps, anytime the ball is snapped to him, I mean, he has such a quick release, um, which tells me that he does a really good job of reading the defense and knowing exactly, you know, who to throw the ball to. His, he's been working on his route on the receivers have been working on their routes with, with Jaden and Ricky White, number 11, man, he's had a huge year for UNLV. And it's, it's crazy to me to think that Jaden Mayava came in, um, for an injured Doug Brumfield in the Vanderbilt game. And, um, you know, has led UNLV three, four straight games after that. So um, it's it's it, it looks like Jaden Maiava has been the starting quarterback at UNLV for quite some time, and really, you know, he's only been a starter for a few games now. So super exciting to see that a freshman, you know, has such confidence, has such poise. But this Saturday will for sure be a, a big test for him. But it's not so much Jaden Maiava we need to be talking about. It's about the offensive line at UNLV. You know, that offensive line cue is a ton of new players, transfers on the team. They have a brand-new center who's a transfer. So, you know, my credit goes to the, the offensive line coach, Vance Vice at UNLV, uh, to get a whole brand-new offensive line on the same page and nothing but transfers on the offensive line and a brand-new center. 
uh, new center to uh, to be clicking, you know, right. on on every single game with a brand new O line. Um, that's that's <laughs> that's incredible to see too. So, yeah, my hat goes off to Barry Odom and his coaching staff for getting this brand new team uh, together so quickly and and to produce wins and have a winning season so quickly at UNLV. Yeah, there's no doubt. He's done a hell of a job, and, and I mean, it's only, what, seven games in as they're 6-1 right now with a big one coming yeah. up against Fresno State. Now, I know this game's on the road, but I did want to close out with this. How has the, the crowds – how have you seen the crowds evolve mm-hmm. when they're at Allegiant Stadium? Because there was a time where there wasn't really hardly anybody there in the stands and in the stadium watching them play, but it seems like, as I've been observing from a distance, that they've really yeah. started to increase that crowd there at Allegiant. So when you drive into Allegiant Stadium and you're coming off the freeway off Russell, man, it's amazing to see, you know, all the UNLV tents tailgating outside, all the UNLV flags, you know, flying. It's something I've never seen before in my time here in Vegas is the amount of tailgating outside Allegiant Stadium, which is so exciting to see. And then you get inside and, you know, it's packed. The lower bowl is is pretty much completely filled, which – you know, Barry Odom has really stressed about creating a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk on the Red Zone about how he wants other teams to crank in crowd noise to prepare for Allegiant Stadium. Um, and he says on the sidelines, you know, when it's third down, when it's, a, when it's two minutes left in the ball game, in the Colorado State game, they could feel the crowd. They could hear the crowd. It was definitely an advantage for UNLV. And then when we went on the road in Reno, Man, you could hear Rebels throughout the entire stadium, throughout <laughs> nice. the entire city, and it was so cool to see just the sea of red in Reno. And uh, Barry Odom has a radio show every Wednesday at um, yep. Parkway Tavern over in Flamingo. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see fans come out there and, and want to get to know him, want to get to hear him and meet his family, you know, his, his sons, his kids are always by his side too. Um, so, man, it's just I'm so excited for Barry Odom and, and his family here in Las Vegas. It's been a lot of fun to get to know him and his family. He has two sons that play football here. JT plays for UNLV. Garrett is the quarterback at Faith Lutheran. And they have a daughter, Anna, who, who dances here in Vegas. and She's loving it. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome to see Rebel Nation just come out and, and support UNLV and have a fun time tailgating and then go watch a great football game in Allegiant Stadium. And uh, Coach Barry Odom's uh, his radio show is on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. So there you go. We tie it all together as well. <laughs> so so there's that. But uh, good stuff as always. You mentioned the Reb Zone. What's coming yeah. out on the Reb Zone that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mentioned Barry Odom's family. I, I'm doing a piece on his kids this week. Super, super excited. Um, JT Odom plays linebacker at UNLV. Garrett Odom is Faith Lutheran's quarterback at, uh, at Faith Lutheran. And then his, his daughter, Anna, she's all about dancing here in Vegas. <laughs> she's ballet and jazz, and her teachers are Cirque du Soleil instructors. So, um, no, they are loving Las Vegas. They are nice. loving this city and this community. And, you know, Barry Odom and his coaching staff have been at every single high school in the city, um, you know, face-to-face meeting people, getting to know uh, kids and their families and, Barry Odom tells me, you know, he takes his family out all the time to go get dinner and, and try new places here in Vegas. So he's all in in the city, and it'll be a great red zone this Sunday. There you go. Well, we'll definitely be tuned in. We'll be locked in as we always are. Paloma, <laughs> thanks so much for your time. We always appreciate you. 
Thanks, Q. See you later. All right, see you. There she goes. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. Got the Aces and UNLV covered like a glove. And, yeah, Barry Odom has done some really good things with the Rebels and uh, uh, really could, could respect what he's done as the first-year head coach turning that program around from what it was and how they were trying to become bowl eligible in multiple years. They weren't able to get it done even last year when it started to look promising at the beginning and then it just fell off the cliff to where he came and just knocked it out the park in his first year. Got to give him a ton of credit. Six and one going into a game on Saturday against Fresno State. Six and one. You win that game. You win that game right there. Then you're real. I mean, you're swinging. You're, you're, you're swinging your stones all the way back to, to, to Vegas. I mean, they're, they're, you, you might be putting your stones over your shoulder, right? Or like Jacoby Myers said when he was talking about Brian Hoyer throwing that ball to, to Trey Tucker, he dropped him. <laughs> he dropped him. And he made that little motion in the locker room, man. He dropped them things. That was that was awesome. That was one of the great Jacoby Myers moments in the Raiders locker room. But many thanks to Paloma Villacana for giving us a few minutes of her time to talk Aces and talk UNLV. We'll take a quick break. Uh, do you want to take a quick break, or do you want me to get to a couple texts real quick? What do you want? What, what do you want me to do, Ari? Uh, hit a couple texts real quick, and okay. then, and then uh, I got something for you on the chat line. Okay. <laughs> Live radio, the everyone. We're on the radio. Just say it. You got a microphone. Yeah, <laughs> Just well, tell me what you want me to do. Yeah. yeah you're funny. Go. Every once in a while, I go over time, and so I look and say, you know, you maybe know, Ari I ought to do what, uh, I don't like to give what you Ari t- says. give you too much control. Over I here. got you. Rob <laughs> in Oakland, hit us up on the dobebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R, talking about messages to the team. He said, I wouldn't say anything to him. Starting Wednesday, I would have shown the team loops of the lowlights from the season. Let them watch themselves dropping picks, getting run over, not wrapping up ball carries, taking uh, taking punches at the uh, at the ball, whiffing on blocks, not picking up stunts and twists, dropping balls and throwing picks. Don't tell them what to do or how to do it. Show them exactly what they are and let them tap into themselves to fix it. Fix it. Talk is cheap for a team that played the way they did on Sunday. That's Robin Oakland breaking it down, and that's that's not a bad idea, right? And the thing is, they do film study every week. You know what I mean? Like, they're looking at film every week, so they've got to know all the mistakes that they've made. But you're right. I mean, when something happens like what happened on Sunday against the, the Bears, you've got to go and I feel like do something a little bit extreme. You know, and maybe it's not a, a rah-rah speech in the locker room or whatever, but you've got to do something to, to switch things up. You've got to do something to get somebody's attention. And when I say somebody, I mean everybody's attention. And, you know, they talked about it. They talked about it at the beginning of the season, even before the season, that, you know, the standard was no longer, you know, acceptable, that they had to raise the bar and they were going to do this, that, and the other at a at a much higher level, a better level than what they, you know, what they have done before and put on wax. And, you know, they've done that at times, but they haven't done it enough as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Mailman Raider said, Q, you don't like Thanksgiving for the food? I don't know about you, but I love some some rice and beans. Laughing my ass off. Rice and beans! That's what we get. We get rice and beans. Chicken rice and beans, as a matter of fact, around here. <laughs> we get them right now. You're going to get me in trouble, Mailman Raider. The wife's going to come running upstairs and give me a, 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 a two-piece. And I don't mean no food. She's going to get me with the right and the left if you get me talking about chicken rice and beans. But, uh, no, I, I do like the food at Thanksgiving. The problem is that we always have so much left over. And, and everyone's always like, man, I can't wait till Thanksgiving leftovers until you, until you can't, right? I mean – you can have like I, I'm a big ham guy. I love ham, but you can only have so much ham, and then or ham sandwiches, this, that, and the other. And it's like, okay, I'm tired of that. And so then, what does it do? It sits in your freezer forever until you decide that you know what, I'm never gonna eat this, so I might as well just throw it away, right? That's just the reality of it. Unless you go to someone else's house, that's why I don't mind going to someone else's house, showing up, eating, and bouncing, 
right, watching some football, and then I'm out of there. But if we got to host it, and then you get relatives that come over and they hang out and they may stay a little bit later than you really want to, right? We don't really have that problem now because we're not, you know, we're not in Texas where we had a ton of family around us that some were cool all the time and some were cool some of the time, right? So, you know, we don't really have that problem. Here comes the wife right now with chicken, rice, and beans. She's about to get me. Mailman Raider said it, wife, Uh-oh. not me. It was me. <laughs> she just gave me the stink eye. She just put, literally put a hole in my chest with the look that she just gave me. See, that was Mailman Raider. Got me, he set me up for failure. So there's that. I, I need to start doing the show at home at the station. <laughs> Keep me out of trouble. All of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Q is no again? longer. Yeah, Q is no longer from Studio Q. <laughs> oh, man. Got kicked out of his own studio. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the thing about it. I got another text about holidays. Hold on. I got it. Here we go. Uh, Keith and Sonora said, come on, Q, Thanksgiving, beer, food, and football, the best day of the year. That's every, like, Sunday. That's every, right? I mean, beer, food, and, and football, that's, that's every football day as far as I'm concerned. That doesn't necessarily have to be Thanksgiving, even though there's a bunch of games on on Thanksgiving. I get that. But, you know, it's, it's I don't know. You know, I, we can get football, beer, and, 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 you know, food. We can do that every day if we really want to. So, no, that's, that's not, for me, it's not really a big deal. Also from the 209, Valentine's Day is the biggest scam out there, Q. You should show love to your loved ones every day. And you're right. Valentine's Day is just that day that they get you. To, they, they manufactured that day to make you spend money. That's what they did. That's what, exactly what that is all about. Uh, and then I thought there was another one. I guess that was it about the, the holidays. So there's that. 425 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Jason Middick, San Antonio sports star, ESPN, will join the show to talk all things Victor Wimbenyama, who uh, had 15, what do you have, 15 points, two assists, and I can't remember, 15, six and nine shooting, something like that. Anyway, that was his debut last night for the Spurs. They lost to the Mavericks. We'll talk about it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Right now, today, Wimby is one of the top five skilled players in the NBA. I said it right now. I'm not even barking on that. You know why I'm saying that? It's because <laughs> a lot of people don't understand that when you're 7'5", and can do what KD do. Stop, man. You can Stop. do what Ante Tacupo do. You can do what Anthony Davis can do. Stop. Man, he's one of the top five most skilled players. Listen, the Spurs should make the playoff. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That would be Kevin Garnett, and that would be Paul Pierce talking about Victor Wimbenyama of the San Antonio Spurs, who made his professional debut in a loss to the Mavericks last night. But in 23 minutes, had 15 points, had a couple assists, a block, uh, had some turnovers, and got into some foul trouble. But you saw the talent. You saw what he could be. And joining us now to talk about Victor and those Spurs is my good friend Jason Minnick, San Antonio sports star, ESPN. And Jason, off top, man, it's been a minute. How you been doing, brother? I'm I'm good, Q, and I tell you what. I mean, fun to be on with you and everything you're doing there in Vegas and what you're doing nationally at night in you know, I, I think the one thing with, with Wemby is foul trouble is what was the issue last night. Uh, although that fourth quarter, 
made up for what was an underwhelming first half for Victor in his NBA debut. Yeah, the foul trouble was something that bothered me. I was actually doing my national show while the game was on. I was like, man, how come he's only played 16 minutes? And I realized, oh, wait, he's in foul trouble. So that's something he's got to clean up. But, what? I mean, how's the excitement? What's the energy level about with Victor there in San Antonio? You know, we're back. In San Antonio, we're a relevant basketball city once again. After being in the desert for a couple of years, the last championship here was in 2014. They did things to try to stay competitive with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, then they pulled the plug and they picked the right year to tank because you had a a player like Wemby as the prize if you win the lottery. And they did. And, you know, he's as advertised. And you hear terms like he's a spur, his personality, the demeanor, his the way he goes about things. He's not a me-first ego guy. So he fits the San Antonio culture under Greg Popovich, and his basketball skills are, are incredible. But last night showed he's got to learn the NBA game. And kind of like that first summer league game where mm-hmm. it wasn't great, he came out and was incredible in game two. And I think last night he looked nervous. I think Greg Popovich, although Pop would never say this, I think Pop sensed that. That's why they didn't really run any plays for him in the first half. And he got into foul trouble. But in that fourth quarter, when they were running plays for Victor, you know, he was four or five shooting, had nine points in just under eight minutes in that fourth quarter. And I think that is the Wemby we expect to see. How, how fortunate is he that he's playing in San Antonio? It feels to me, Jason, like that's the perfect spot for him, especially with Coach Popovich. You know, I, I mean, it is. And, you know, um, he wanted San Antonio – I think a lot of international players want to come to San Antonio. And you look at the Spurs and Greg Popovich, R.C. Buford, their history with international players from Tony Parker to Manu Ginobili to, you know, even, you know, late in his career, and he didn't spend a lot of time in San Antonio, but a guy like Kyle Gasol or, you know, well, Boris Diaw, I mean, uh, Rasho Nesterovic, there's been so many, I think, internationally, you know, San Antonio is that team, but they understand scouting, um, translating to the international game, the way they take care of players off the court, shield them from the media, which has kind of been the biggest surprise. How is he going to fit here? Here's a kid that loves social media. Here's a kid that doesn't seem to mind doing interviews. And you know how the Spurs work things. I mean, they, you know, they're not the most media-friendly team out there. <laughs> right. But So I think there's an adjustment on Wemby's side and the Spurs on how they're going to deal with Wemby. Jason Minnick, San Antonio Sports Stars, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How ironic or coincidental or just plain weird is it that Wemby and Tim Duncan had the same debuts as far as their numbers go? You know, the basketball gods are, are mysterious, aren't they? <laughs> um, y- y- you know, because I-, I think if you look at – you know, the 15 points, I think most people expected more yeah. from Wimby. But in 23 minutes, most would take 15 points. And kind of like Tim Duncan's career, and I cover, I've been covering the Spurs since before Tim Duncan. So I was there for all of Tim Duncan's seasons in San Antonio. And Tim Duncan, you look up at the end of the game, and it was a ho-hum, you know, 28-14 and 14 kind of game. And I think we're going to get a lot of that from Wemby, although I think with Wemby, 
you're also going to get the wow moments like we used to get with Manu Ginobili. Like, did you really just do that? <laughs> uh, you're going to get those kind of plays from Wemby on a nightly basis. But you're going to look up and go, man, he had 15 points. Didn't feel like a 15-point kind of game. Right, exactly. So we heard KG and, and Paul Pierce coming in, and we, they were talking about the Spurs are a playoff team. What are the expectations there in San Antonio for this team? Not playoffs. Uh, in, in, you know, you're there in Vegas. I mean, the line is 29 and a half. Right. Win total. Uh, they're a 22-win team a year ago when they didn't try. They lost a ton of games last year where they had a double-digit lead in the second half because they weren't trying. While they will never say they were tanking because they can't, right. you could look at the lineups and tell me they weren't trying to win those games. So I don't know what their true win total would have been a year ago, but they ended with 22. I, I'm at 38 with a ceiling of 45. Okay. Maybe they're a play-in team. They're not a playoff team. And if they did make the playoffs, they would be a first-round exit. And I think last night kind of showed a little bit of that. It will take Wemby some time to learn the NBA game. Quite frankly, to learn how NBA officials call games. Teams are going to go after them. They're, they don't have a true starting point guard. Their only true point guard on the roster is Trey Jones, who was a spark plug off the bench last night. So you've got Jeremy Sohan running the point. Devin Vassell is a legit dude. He is that guy. Kel, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I do think there you will see improvement, but I, I don't look at the West as stacked as the West is yeah. that the Spurs this year are a legit playoff team. They're going to be better. They're improving, but I don't know yet that they're really a playoff team. Well, the thing about it is we're all going to be watching. That's for sure. We're all going to be locked in oh, every yeah. game. Yeah, the, the the arena there will be sold out every game just because Wemby's there. I mean, that's that's awesome. And, Jason, I, I felt like watching the game that the team played with so much more energy when he was out there. Like, they just got pumped up and energized with his presence. Do you get that sense as well? Well, I, I think all of those guys, and you go back to the culture, right, mm -hmm. Um they all realize Wemby is that guy, and the attention is on Wemby. Wemby has done a really nice job of not being a me guy. Uh, he knows the attention is there for him. He's fully aware of that. But he also tries to make sure all his teammates are included. All of the guys, I don't think there's any jealousy of the attention that he gets. You know, that doesn't seem to be in a Devin Vassell nature. It's not, you know, in Jeremy's nature or Kel. Johnson. So I think all of those guys realize there's a lot of eyes on them because they take advantage of what they can do. But yeah, when he's out there, it's different. Um, you know, you you know, just to help defensively when he and we saw this in the preseason. You know, a guy blows by him and yet he's able to get the block from behind because his basketball IQ is so high and he's able to get a block that nobody else could, the way he stretched the floor. So, yeah, I think everybody was hyped up for that debut last night. I'm curious, Friday night with the Houston Rockets, he gets that first game under his belt. The Sunday night game has now been picked up by NBA TV because they looked and went, wait, most watched opening game in 11 years? Right. This guy is rating cold. Let's put this one on it national tv and i'm in, i'm impressed that the number is what it is um knowing that it started at nine o'clock central ten o'clock in the east so you had everybody in the east coast they were up 
way late last night watching that game because I think everybody wants to see what Wemby is actually going to do on a basketball court. Yeah, I'm blessed that I'm here on the West Coast, so it was 7 o'clock for me. But, yeah, I mean, all the guys back in Bristol, they were all locked in on that game last night, and we covered that thing like a glove just because, like I said, it's the Wemby watch and and, and nobody else mattered (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. So fantastic stuff as always. So final question for you, Jason. Who's more popular right now in in, in San Antonio, the Cowboys, (laughs) the Spurs, or the Texas Rangers who are in the World Series? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, okay. by a, by a landslide. Okay. I mean, it is still it is still Dallas Cowboys country. I mean, Jerry Jones has said on my show uh, on multiple occasions there are more Cowboy fans in San Antonio per capita than in the DFW Metroplex. The, wow. the Cowboys drive the bus. Now, I will say, like if the Cowboys were playing last night and Wemby was on, ah, maybe uh, Texas Rangers in the World Series. Man, it's nice. Um, but, but the Cowboys still, still drive the bus with, with everything. You know that from your time, yep. uh, it worked up in Waco. I mean, it, it's Dallas Cowboys and then everybody else. Uh, uh, but Wendy makes the Spurs relevant again. The, the fact that to give you an idea, I mean, like how big is Wendy? It was Spurs Mavericks last night. That is a huge in-state rival. You yep. go back in the mid 2000s, some of their playoff battles with Dirk and, uh, all of that. Last night's game, uh, the fact that it was the Mavericks was an afterthought. The fact that Luke was in the building, that Kyrie was in the building, that was an afterthought. Even the loss, while, well, yeah, Spurs fans are upset that they lost the game. I don't even know if that mattered. It, what, it, it's what did Wendy do? Now, mm-hmm. wins and losses will matter, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it didn't matter. But more people are talking about what Wendy did as opposed to, uh, yeah, the Spurs lost to the Mavericks, and, man, that sucks. Right, exactly. No one's talking about the fact that Luca had a 30-point triple-double. We're all talking about the 15 points Who? that Wemby put in did, and the way. Did, did, <laughs> did, did Luca play last night? No, right. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I mean the, the, the story is Wemby, and, yep. and it will be um, for a while. And I think because the expectation is this isn't a championship-level team, it can be an individual story for the first couple of weeks while he continues to figure out how to play at the NBA level and keeping in mind – He's 19, right. a seven-foot whatever you want to put on there because, <laughs> man, when you're around this guy, he feels so much taller than what he is, and, and maybe it's because he's so thin, but he just seems so much taller than tall guys. I mean, <laughs> you know, you and I aren't tall guys, and right. you know, we're around tall people all the time. We're always the short guy in pictures with athletes, right? Yep. And he makes he makes his NBA teammates look like me and you in a picture with most NBA types. <laughs> right. There's that part exactly. Well, Jason, great stuff, man. It's always great to catch up with you. Enjoy the Wemby show and, of course, what the Cowboys got going on and the Rangers as well. I know you're having a great time doing what you do. We definitely appreciate you. Appreciate you, Q, man. Proud of all your success, my friend. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you. There he goes. Jason Minnix, San Antonio sports star, ESPN, at Jason Minnix on Twitter. Been a longtime friend of Jason's. Really good dude. He's been in the San Antonio era for a long time, and I definitely appreciate him and his efforts. 442 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 447 is the time. Many thanks to Jason Minix from San Antonio Sports Star ESPN. 
joined us to talk all things Spurs, Victor Wimbenyama, and the fact that the Spurs lost to the Mavericks, but that didn't even matter. It was all about the Wimby show, and I did. I spent three hours on the radio last night. Uh, if I wasn't talking about Victor directly, we were highlighting the game and highlighting what just happened and updating the score and updating how many points he had, how many minutes he had. I mean, it was the Victor show, and everybody else was just living in it. When a guy like Luka Doncic, who is a hell of a player, could have a 30-point triple-double, and that's the afterthought. That's the, that's the side story. That tells you all you need to know. Also, on a side note, Ari, and I got to give you a lot of credit for this because you're really attention to detail. So last night, um, Luca talks to Cassie Hubbard um, from the TV on the TV broadcast, right? So he drops an f bomb, you know. And so I'm standing in this, I'm standing up here in, in Studio Q, and I'm watching it on TV, and I see him put his hand over his mouth like "oops" or something like that. But I don't know what he said because I don't have the volume up. So then all of a sudden on my screen it says, "Hey, we got." We got post-game sound from Luca, So I was like, okay, cool. So I just saw him put his hand over his mouth, and I'm assuming that they did too, or they heard it as they were recording it or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go to it. So we go to the, the sound, and then it gets about, I don't know, 30 seconds in, and the F-bomb drops. So then I, I text and I go, hey, we, do- we dumped that, right? Like it, it's, it didn't get over the air, right? Apparently, whoever ran it walked away from the, the minute that they played it. <laughs> so, no, we did not dump it. Oh, that hurts my soul. So, think about this. Like, we, we panic whenever it's, you know, someone slips up and says something here locally and we're on one station. Could you imagine it happening nationally and it's on as many stations as it was on last night? That actually makes me feel kind of confident in myself <laughs> for, for that kind of opportunity when and if it when and comes. Yeah, Man, that's I'm tough. i tell you. Well, you yes. saw me earlier. You saw me in some of the interview. Like Lincoln said, I'll just say, I, I'm just going to say the A word, but, but in the right context. And yeah. I'm like, Ugh, I get all. <laughs> so it's that ridiculous over the top uh, scaredness, we'll call it. Well, I get that way when someone says something like ship. Yes, you know, because a lot. Shift yeah, as well as yeah, yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> stuff like that. And you hear something, and you're like, oh, you know, and, and just because you know the consequences and repercussions that can be had if uh, something like that gets out of the way, and that's why we have a delay button and a dump button. But for some reason, um, the guard was not standing by <laughs> when that's they were supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> so on national radio. So just so you know, mistakes happen on they na- national radio. Uh, that. Yeah, Luca and his uh, f bomb, and then he cleaned it up by saying, "Oh, it's the first, it's the first day of the season. I'm still getting, I'm still getting used Ooh. to this. Like, really, <laughs> no, really? no, no, exactly. So there was that. I figured you'd appreciate that. Oh though. yeah, yeah, that hits, that hits close to home. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. But man, I, I sure did get nervous about it. So there's that. Uh, got a couple texts that I want to get to on the dobybroke.com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We have some sound from Coach McDaniel's, but I think we'll save it for tomorrow. I don't want to get into it and then all of a sudden stop and have to do it. So we'll just do it tomorrow. He doesn't talk tomorrow. There's locker room action and then there's uh, just practice action tomorrow. So there's no there's no coach or coordinator talk. So we'll we'll save it. I'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings on uh, Wallapai and Flamingo. Uh, so definitely come on by. But that, that'll be part of the show tomorrow is the Coach McDaniel sound bites that we pulled for the show today since we never got to it. But this text uh, from Mark in New Jersey, my team message, seize the moment, take the opportunity to play on Monday night and make it your best performance. Uh, Raiders on three, one, two, three, Raiders. That's Mark in New Jersey. He went all the way. Raiders on three. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But, um, no, that's, look, you've got to – at this point, I'm sure, even though we're talking about it and others are talking about it, national media is talking about it, sports centers talking about it, whatever the case may be, social media is still talking about it. 
at this point, you've got to put that loss behind them. Like, they can't even be thinking about that. It's, it, now it's got to be full throttle, all Detroit Lions. As we heard from Dan Campbell earlier, they're going to be ready. I have no doubt that they're going to be ready to go, right? He relates to his players in a, in a major way. People call talk about relating to players all the time. Dan Campbell has the pulse of his team. You know, Glover Quinn joined the show yesterday. He talked about what he does and how he's able to get those guys to basically want to run through a wall for him. So he's that, uh, he is that guy. So, so there, there's that. Um, also, we got a text from Sir, Sir Whiskey Ray. He's so funny. He said, Q, stop lying. Your favorite holiday is Valentine's Day. Trust us because we all know. Sincerely, Cheryl from Livermore, J-Lo, and your wife. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. And someone right now is like, who's Cheryl from Livermore? If you're just tuning in, Cheryl from Livermore is, is a girl that me and my cousin Chris, when we were living, uh, when we were still living at our parents' house, right, we, and my mom's listening, so that's cool, but we, uh, we left one day on an adventure, and we decided that we were going to ride some bikes that weren't even ours. We were going to ride from San Ramon all the way to Livermore because we were going to go see Cheryl and her, her cousin. You know how that goes. Eh? We're going to hang out with these two girls, and it's going to be great. So a couple of bros are riding bikes all the way from San Ramon all the way to Livermore which is a very long ride, especially for a couple of bros that have no business riding bikes all the way to Livermore. But we were. We were a couple of youngsters on top of that. And then we get there, and, of course, you know, Cheryl's going to get out of the house, and we're going to hang out, and her cousin's going to get out of the house and hang out. No. When we got there, Cheryl's like, oh, my dad's home. I can't get out. So we rode all the way there for absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It was so. Oh, it was so bad. It was awful. It was man. It man. I was so angry. So angry that we made that long trip for nothing. And then on top of that, we're all the way in Livermore, so we can't just like turn around and go back home immediately. So we're like, oh, we're gonna camp out in the park, right? Because at some point, Cheryl's gonna find a way to get out of the house, and then we're gonna. It's not gonna be for nothing. We're gonna hang out. Oh, and then we had a buddy that lived in Livermore too, and he was like, oh yeah, I think you know you guys could probably come to our house or whatever like that. And then he hits us back. He's like, nah, pops is tripping. You can't come to our house either. I was like, oh my goodness. And of course, we don't have. It's not like we have cell phones, so we have pagers. We're communicating through pager here, so that didn't work. So we're going to the payphone and all this other stuff. So we're in the park chilling, trying to think of our next best move. Stupid sprinklers come on. So now we're a couple wet bros <laughs> in the park in Livermore, of all places, where we have no business being. And anyone who's ever spent any time in Livermore understands exactly what I mean by we didn't have no business being there. Trust and believe that. It was not a, a good experience for us, but... Uh, you know, I guess it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, so that's what Sir Whiskey's Ray is talking about. I was definitely a youngster at that time. I couldn't tell you even how old I was, but I was a, a young dude and made that long, long – we've all been there, done that, right? We've all been there, done that, made that long trip for nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. That made me so angry. And J-Lo is just J-Lo. I mean, we all know how that gets down, so, you know. But thank you, Sir Whiskey Ray, for bringing up old stuff. <laughs> he always wants to bring up some old stuff, right? I got to so, say the funniest part of that story was in the very beginning. You kind of hesitate because I could see you in the screen. You're like, all right, my mom, you know, I'm older now. I mean, she, she already knows. No, she that's, knows. that's the respect she knows I ain't got no. Yeah, she knows I ain't got no business being in no Livermore. No, I just think it's funny. Even even now was. as a grown man, you still got to make sure yeah. keep our moms happy. She's going to call me and be like, boy, I knew that you weren't up to no yeah, good that day. know it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She told me that all the time. See, you know the most famous mom line of all mom lines is, Oh, I used to let you get away with stuff anyway just because I didn't feel like bringing it up. Right. I, I didn't know what you were up to. I knew. But I, I was going to say, I knew. Yes. Yeah, I knew what you were up to. I, I just didn't knew. feel like bringing it up. 
Yep. Typical mom line right there. She's not Gotta wrong, love though. Them. She's not wrong at all. 4.55 is the time. Wallapai and Flamingo, Buffalo Wild Wings Ooh. is where I'll be tomorrow. Make sure you come hang out with me. Sahara, Las Vegas, Chickies and Pizza is where, where Clay Baker's at tonight for Thursday Night Football with Ray Nation Radio 920. Have a good one. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.